0: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom.
1: Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang,
0: bang, bang. bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC.
2: Well, good afternoon on this glorious Saturday afternoon here in Indiana. I am at Premier Arms in Brownsburg. And uh, owner Bryce Curry is, is kind enough to have us back out here. Tony Katz, as you just heard, did eat, drink, smoke from here uh and I, you know and i always appreciate tony uh, as the warm-up band you know he always does a nice job with that i, I appreciate that a lot but uh we're now going to get into two hours of the gun guy show i'm looking for tony because he's probably going to stare a hole in my head when he, see, he hears me say that but uh but you just heard a great uh, eat drink smoke show uh with tony and fingers uh, now we're going to get into a couple hours uh talking about second amendment issues gun related issues and it could not possibly be more timely to get into all these different issues. One, because uh, the NRA annual meeting, uh, what they call NRA annual meeting and exhibits is right here in Indianapolis. It was here in 2019. Uh, it was two here in 2014 I think was the was the time before that. So it, it's a great tribute to the Indianapolis and central Indiana generally that NRA uh, comes here. We're going to get into a discussion about NRA. We'll probably have some people come up from the audience here at uh, uh, at Premier Arms and talk about how they're feeling about things, whether they've been to the annual exhibit, whether they've been uh, to any of the meetings or the presentations. I was at what was called the Leadership Conference yesterday, um, and I was lucky enough to have a pretty good seat for that. I was right up front and got to hear uh, from a number of uh, current presidential candidates, uh, folks that I hadn't heard speak live before, including Kristi Nome, uh, governor of South Dakota. Let me tell you, Christy nome 's a rock star. I'll tell you right now. If you like the Second Amendment, you like Christy Nome. I fell in love with her when she showed up to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally uh, in South Dakota. And I've been to Sturgis half a dozen times. If you listen to the Gun Guy show, you know I'm a Harley rider. And, then, uh, and she showed up at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally this year, riding a horse, wearing a cowboy hat, and a big old six shooter on her hip with the largest American flag you've ever seen riding through the middle of the motorcycle rally. And right then I just thought, okay, I don't know what she ever runs for in the future, but uh, I'm gonna give her strong consideration because that's pretty damn awesome. South Dakota was the only state in the country that didn't have any shutdowns during COVID, none. Didn't shut anything down, no businesses, uh, you name it. Uh, They allowed uh, freedom to reign in South Dakota, but there were a number of other speakers. Mike Braun, our own Indiana Senator, um, who, who I don't know is, uh, is a really compelling public speaker, uh, he's, uh, he's got a bit of a, a, a case of uh, the boars in terms of being a little boring a speaker. But you got to like his fiscal policies. He stands strong on spending issues, uh, unlike a lot of our other uh, representatives in Congress. Uh, but anyway, Mike Pence came. Mike Pence got a mixed emotion, as you might guess. Uh, now, I was, where I was sitting, I thought it was probably 80-20 positive in terms of people cheering versus booing. Uh, I'm talking to people who were sitting a little farther back who thought it was uh, just the opposite. So Mike clearly got um, a mixed review. Uh, And then uh, the keynote speaker was President Trump. Uh, Former President Trump came out, spoke for a long time, over an hour. Uh, And uh, I made the mistake of of Facebook live streaming the entire Trump speech, which I didn't know was going to be an hour. And once I committed to do that, I realized I had to keep my hand and my arm steady for a damn hour. And at my age, I wasn't real happy with that, but we got it done and I live streamed that if you didn't see it live or don't want to find it on Facebook, you can see that, um, or on YouTube, I should say. You can find it on my Facebook. But anyway, the NRA annual meetings are going on. That's a big deal. But what I want to get into, and I'm going to talk about quite a bit here this afternoon, is, you know, as gun rights advocates, uh, and, and this was a lot, a lot of the discussion at the leadership forum yesterday, you know, we're hearing a lot about gun control right now. Obviously, we're hearing a lot about mass shootings. We're hearing a lot about... Uh, the bureaucrats in Washington and, and it's kind of the same old troop of people, whether it's Dianne Feinstein, Joe Biden, uh, you name it, are all talking about how we ought to be stripped of our Second Amendment rights uh, because we have these people uh, committing these horrendous, horrific crimes in the form of mass shootings. And, and I want to I highlight a couple of things because these, these two things are incredibly timely. Do you know what today is? Today, April 15th, is the two-year anniversary of the FedEx shooting that we had in Indianapolis. And if you remember that situation, it's one where everything that went poorly, everything that went wrong, pretty much went wrong. Law enforcement, to some degree, dropped the ball. The Marion County Prosecutor's Office definitely dropped the ball. Um, FedEx had a policy that that forbade the uh, employees at FedEx from having guns, even in their vehicles. And this was a mass shooting that started in the parking lot. Uh, So, FedEx's policies left their own employees defenseless. And, And even more than that, I talked about the Marion County Prosecutor's Office dropping the ball. Well, and I'm going to get more into this later in the show, but... Uh, this person, the FedEx shooter, and I don't mention mass shooters' names. Uh, you're never going to hear their names cross my lips. They're out there trying to get notoriety. They're trying to get famous. Uh, they want people to, to know their name and emulate them, perhaps down the road. So I'm not going to help that process. I'll never mention their names. But that shooter was actually red-flagged. And say what you want about red-flag laws. And, and our law is better than it used to be. It's still definitely subject to abuse and still needs to be fixed. But our, we have a red-flag law, in. Two relatives, the mother and the sister of that mass shooter, actually went to law enforcement months, in fact, over a year before the shooting, and said, this guy's dangerous. He bought a shotgun, and he wants to commit suicide by cop. He wants to take other people with him. You need to come take his guns away from him. And IMPD, at that point, did their jobs. They showed up. They took a shotgun away from this kid. They turned over the red flag proceeding paperwork to the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. And Ryan Beers and the Marion County Prosecutor's Office did what with that? Nothing. Zip. Zero. It sat there. They didn't pursue the red flag proceedings. Under our red flag law, if they'd have pursued that and had him declared dangerous with the supporting testimony of his own family, he could not have bought the guns that he bought to commit the FedEx shooting. Not legally. Couldn't have done it. And then you have FedEx's policies, you have defenseless employees, and you have a whole bunch. Of people die, uh, innocent people die as a consequence. It's heartbreaking, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking where it happens anywhere. It's that much more heartbreaking when it happens right here in, in Indianapolis or the Central Indiana area. But let's let's contrast that, because if you, if you notice, I'm uh, for people here, by the way, out here at Premier Arms, and by the way, come out and join us. Um, we're out here at Premier Arms on Green Street uh, in Brownsburg, beautiful facility. Uh, Bryce Curry has one of the prettiest gun shops, most well stocked, well supplied gun shops I've seen. Um, they have a, uh, PA jewelry right here inside the store, um, and, and it's fabulous. But in, in, in talking about the contrast of two different scenarios, I'm wearing a t shirt. If you're here, you can see. I don't think we're live streaming this on YouTube. I'm, I'm wearing a t shirt right now that says 15 seconds across the front, and just below that, it says be like Eli. And on the back, it says July seventeenth, 2022. And when you talk about, again, nothing's good about a mass shooting. And three innocent people lost their lives in the Greenwood Park Mall. We don't ever want to lose sight of that. But everything else went right in that scenario. And countless, dozens, literally dozens of people's lives were saved. And what, were the, what was the difference? You had an armed citizen who had the capability, the willingness, the courage, And the legal capacity, don't forget, to carry a gun and defend himself, defend other innocent people. And how different could those two scenarios have been? Because I'm telling you right now, we'd be talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of people who died in the Greenwood Park Mall if it wasn't for Eli Dickin. The hero of the Greenwood Park Mall uh, scenario, and he saved countless lives. And I've been I've been honoring him. I was I was incredibly honored to be his lawyer. We're going to talk more about that, and we're going to have a surprise guest that I want to introduce people to after we go into this break. Right now, we're taking a break. We're going to get into a lot more of this discussion about what goes right, what goes wrong, what we can do as citizens, not only to prepare and defend ourselves against that potential mass shooting or any other violent crime out there, but also what we can do politically And in the media and otherwise, to protect our Second Amendment rights, that's what we're all about at the Gun Guy Show. That's what we're going to get into uh, in more detail throughout this show. In the meantime, come out here and join us. Premier Arms on Green Street in Brownsburg. It's a beautiful facility. We're raising money uh, for Brownsburg Blessing uh, Boxes. Uh, It's essentially a a food uh, drive uh, that we're 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 helping needy people with what they need most, which are essential provisions and food. Uh, We'll talk more about how you can make donations over the phone or here in person we'll get into all those things when we come back right now we're taking a break this is guy rilford on the gun guy show on 93 wibc and welcome back i'm guy rilford on the gun guy show on 93 wibc i'm here with a fabulous crowd at premier arms in brownsburg 3754 green street if i'm reading that correctly (laughs)
1: Say again? 30, 3754 South Green Street. I did say that correctly. Right. I'm, just, no, try, I'm just trying to help you out.
2: I appreciate it. Tony Katz is here. He just How are you doing? Eat, drink, smoke. Um, but what I'd like to do now, we're just talking about things that go right, things that go wrong, uh, when evil people out there are, are trying to take innocent lives. Uh, and we didn't... We didn't advertise this uh, uh, because he likes to keep a very low profile. He's a very humble, very private guy, uh, but somebody I'm very proud not only to have as a client, but as a friend. Uh, I, uh, kind of a surprise uh, for everybody here, but uh, we have here right now, uh, again, the guy who saved countless lives in the Greenwood Park Mall on July 17th, uh, 2022, Eli Dickon, man. Eli, welcome <laughs> to the Gun Show, now. Thank
0: you. Go. Glad to be here.
2: And... And listen, Eli, when you and I talked early on, you know, you, you hired me, your family hired me, really pretty much the same evening that all this happened, and I was honored to be your lawyer. Um, and, and, and I know you're not much for, for uh, making a lot of public statements, but I think more than anything, people just want to know, you doing okay?
3: Yeah, doing, doing much, right? How, doing is much the, better, yeah.
2: Is life returning to normal at all? For the most part. All right. Well, what, what we want you to know, and I'm sure everybody here is going to echo this uh, and everybody out there listening to the gun guy show all across central Indiana. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for being the guy who stood up and saved lives, man. So thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Yep. All right. Well, all right. Well, man, I'll tell you what, that that means a lot to me. Uh, and uh, and Eli is somebody, again, who doesn't want the limelight. You know, we've seen some other people out there, a guy maybe named Rittenhouse, who doesn't, has never seen a TV camera and he didn't like. Uh, Eli's just exactly the opposite. Uh, Eli did what he did, and really, all along, he told me very clearly he just kind of wanted to get back to his, his normal life. But, but make no mistake that what stands bef- between evil and the loss of innocent lives, invariably, yes is a courageous, heroic, private citizen who's legally armed, who decides to make that decision to stand up and save lives. So, I mean, that's that's huge, and I know a lot of people just want to say thank you. Yep, appreciate
1: it. All right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being here. It means a lot. I got to tell you, as a guy who has never been uncomfortable behind a microphone, the levels to which Eli is uncomfortable behind a microphone, (laughs) absolutely stellar and and amazing. Well, see, Eli and I, and again, not
2: to give away attorney-client privilege communications or anything, but Eli and I had a conversation very early on that uh, Eli's a private guy. He's a humble guy. Uh, and and he just really wants to get on with his life. And that's one of the things I love about him, because he he's not out there craving the spotlight. Uh, he just uh, he appreciates all the nice things people do or say, uh, but in the meantime, really just wants to get on with his life. And that's pretty cool.
1: You discuss on your show uh, every single Saturday from five to seven the work you do with the 2A project, the work you do as a as a lawyer, Relford Law. Um, you you run into people who are, of course, in disagreement with you. But they're not in sure. disagreement uh, to discuss policy. They're in disagreement on an emotional level, in, in in a way of attack. And no matter what horror you see, uh, their answer is always that the good guy with a gun is a myth. Most recently, it was Greg Popovich, yeah. the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, NBA, who said the idea of, of, of this, the, the idea of the Second Amendment with, with uh, my words, value – is a, a myth. Uh, Eli, notwithstanding, because he's here, when you hear that on the show, when you get that Facebook message, which I'm sure comes oh, with yeah. four or five words <laughs> of three-letter, four-letter, five-letter, six-letter variety, yes. how do you respond to those people? What, it, what is the answer that, that we can use, that you use, to at least get other people who aren't in the attack mode to pay attention to the recognition that there is such a thing, that this is not a myth.
2: No, exactly. And the first thing I respond with is that, look, I'm just one lawyer in central Indiana, and and I've now represented seven people. Eli was the seventh. Seven people, private citizens, lawfully armed, who have saved human lives, because they were lawfully armed and they were willing to step up, I represented uh, Elijah Elliott, who was the hero of the, of the Kroger at 71st and Shadeland, Georgetown, 71st in Georgetown, uh, who during an armed robbery saved his, his co-employees uh, from an armed robber. I represented Kisty uh who heroically saved the life of a police officer down in Rising Sun, Indiana, as as a traffic stop that unfolded right in her front yard. Uh, Went bad for the officer. The officer was on the ground. He was losing the fight for his gun. The gun was coming around, about to point at his face. And get this, small town, rising sun. The officer's son knew Kisti's daughter, so the son was at Kisti's house watching the fight as his dad was about to be murdered. Kisti grabbed her gun, ran out there, shot and killed the bad guy, saved that officer's life. And it goes on, the Brownsburg shooting. We're right here in Brownsburg right now on 56th Street. What three years ago? There was a, a, a guy in, sitting in traffic, where a, a, a demented individual going through a complete psychiatric breakdown. breakdown he was a paranoid schizophrenic. Saw a sec- cemetery workers ran in, killed one, was chasing the other one through traffic on 56th Street, not two miles from where we are right now. And my client sitting in his car rolled his window down, and from 25 feet away saved the life of the guy who was being chased through traffic. And by the way, the individual had 50 round, a 50-round drum on his on his Glock handgun, and who knows how many people he could have killed the rest of that day if my client didn't step up. So I, I first go anecdotal and say, here's my experience. Where You're saying never happens? I'm just one guy. I'm one little, little one-man law firm in central Indiana, and I, I've had seven. But the other is, is we've got to look at statistics, and that's where we've had great breakthroughs. A great statistician named John Lott works for the Crime Prevention Research Center. He's
1: been doing that for years, yes. unsung for he has. years.
2: He has. And what he's done is he's gotten into the FBI statistics, where the FBI comes out and says something like, well, only in something like 6% of attempted mass shootings does an armed citizen ever intervene. He's gotten into that, and he's actually dug through the data and he says it's actually as high as 40% an armed private citizen. And the FBI simply smudges, smudge, I use smudge, fudge. smudge a word, fudge, I'll go Scrooge fudge. Width. We'll go fudge. The, the numbers, because if you're not looking for it, you don't find it. Kind of reminds me, as a whole other subject when people say, we find no evidence of mass cheating in the 2020 election. Well, that's because you're not looking for it. No wonder you didn't find it. You deny it ever exists, so of course you don't find it. And he's gotten into those numbers, and he gives specific examples. He lists his data. Here are the shootings. Here are the people involved. Here are the private citizens who stepped in. And get this, whether it's 30% or 50% is determined by what? The laws of the jurisdiction where it happened and where people can lawfully carry guns, where they have shall issue licensing schemes or where they have constitutional carry, it's all the way up to 50%. So when you don't fudge the statistics or outright lie about the statistics and you get into the anecdotal evidence, then we clearly establish that when people say it's a myth, they're lying, they're lying, they're lying, or, they're just got, or they just have their head in the sand because that's where they want it.
1: So we're at Premier Arms in Brownsburg, raising money for Brownsburg, yes, Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. Tell people what they can get, because, because according to your producer, you have to take a break. You're not, you're, you have to learn how to be a professional. So that's I, you know why what? I'm here.
2: I've only been doing you know? this nine years, and I, re- I need your help.
1: Well, I still do. The, I'm the, the rookie. Key, the key <laughs> is to do 32 hours a week. Do <laughs> 32 hours of radio a week. You'll learn what, what you're doing. Tell the people <laughs> what they can get.
2: Exactly right. Hey, listen, if you call in and... Tony just gave you that number. We'll give it to you here in just a second. If you call in, make a $100 donation, or if you're here, you want to stop by, hey, we got an hour and a half of radio to go. Wherever you are in central Indiana, you've got time to get out here uh, to Premier Arms on Green Street in Br- in Brownsburg. But if you make a $100 donation, these are the kind of things you're eligible to win. And look, we did this a year ago, right, Tony? And the prize packages are fabulous. They're huge. And, and to watch people walk out of here with big old smiles on their faces because they won these for a mere $100 donation we've got a custom world war ii themed ar and AR. this is well, probably a two thousand dollar rifle it's unbelievable
1: it's more than that
2: it's more i'm sure it's it is unreal. more than that and this donated by premier arms bryce curry right here owner of premier arms is donating this for a hundred dollar donation you've got a shot at winning this beautiful rifle uh, another indy 500 qualification suite tickets Look, I've, you've been in a suite at the Indy 500, a whole different experience. I grew up in Indy. I grew up going and hanging out in the snake pit when it really was the snake pit, by the way. It's not. It's, they don't have a snake pit anymore. It used to be the snake pit. You go to a suite, watch qualification, a whole different experience. It is absolutely top flight. And we've got 500 qualification tickets in the suite donated by Al Unser and Unser Grant uh, King Racing. We've got a Taste of PA package. PA? That'd be Premier Arms. Yes, exactly That'll right. it from your arms. There you go. Win- uh, Taste of PA package with Winchester Wildcat, with, well, Winchester Wildcat rifle. That's all one thing. Win- Winchester Wildcat rifle, a citizen's watch. You're a citizen guy.
1: I'm wearing a citizen watch as we speak. As
2: we, and you're just a watch guy, generally. In general, yes. Do you know? I'll just take a time out here. Do you know that when I was getting ready to come out here and okay. I was getting ready to put my watch on, I thought to myself, Tony's going to ask me what watch I'm wearing today. And, as, as, as a, and I looked at my rather minimal watch collection compared to yours. I'm going, okay, i got to wear something where Tony's not going to turn his nose up too much. It's too late. I've already turned my nose
1: up.
3: <laughs> They've got, they got a fair amount inside. We'll get you something. We'll, it's we'll, a Movado. No, no no, seriously, no,
2: no. It's, it's a Movado. It it's not bad. Just but put, ha- that,
1: put your hand in your pocket. But just Tony's a side.
2: citizen watch guy, wearing one right now. Uh, and so we've got Taste of PA package with a Winchester Wildcat rifle, a citizen's watch, a benchmade knife. I'm a big benchmade guy. I love benchmade knives a cigar pack curated by one Tony Katz. Ladies and gentlemen, I know what I'm
1: doing. Trained professional right here.
2: And by the way, I'm actually, in all seriousness, a fan of Eat, Drink, Smoke. I've learned a lot about bourbon, cigars, and fine food listening to Tony and Fingers on Eat, Drink, Smoke. So Tony has put together a cigar package. You know that's quality. And that's all together in one package. Uh, donated by Premier Arms. And then, lastly, ah, a Jameson
1: gift box. You an Irish whiskey guy too? Uh, yeah. The, now the crate is from Jameson. There's six different bottles of bourbon in there including the secretariat label woodford reserve that's only out this year it is incredible uh you you should go inside uh call in 317-858-3030 or go inside and make your donation for a chance to win this and some other swag it's incredible
2: so you listen to those kind of prize packages 100 donation and consider this even if you don't win where's that 100 dollars go it's going to Brownsburg Blessing Boxes, and those folks are here, we're talking to them, talk about where this money goes, uh, the kind of needy families that we're feeding uh, through those donations, that's huge. If you're out here, you wanna stop by, again, you got a long time to stop by still, you make a donation here, you're literally feeding people that need that help, and that's a big deal. That's why we're here, that's why we have it, that's why we had it last year, that's why we're here again uh, now. So we hope you contribute. Give us a call, stop by, make that contribution. hundred bucks gets you qualified for any one of those packages, which is pretty darn cool. Right now, we're a little past the bottom of the hour. It's time to take a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. And welcome back. I'm Guy Rilford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We are live at Premier Arms. 3754 South Green Street. A beautiful gun shop. We've got a great crowd here on an absolutely beautiful day. Couldn't be any nicer. And thanks so much for everybody being here, man. Big, big, uh, big, big, big screen for everybody that's out here. Thank you so much for being here and uh, supporting Premier Arms and Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. I just had kind of a surprise donation here, and I'm way excited about this, and I have no idea this was going to happen. I, uh, in addition to being a gun guy, I'm a knife guy. I really like knives. I'm a guy who carries a a knife everywhere I go on a rare occasion I'll forget my knife somewhere and I'll need it 14 times you know by the time the day's over um, people say guy you carry a knife every day. Why you carry a knife every day and I said well because the the guys in the office next to mine get really upset when I open UPS boxes with my gun and it just never works out well um, but Rob Swearingen is a friend of mine I've gotten to know him well he's become a good friend of mine but he he has a business called Rob's Razors and Rob's Razors makes some of the most beautiful, handcrafted, custom knives you're ever going to see. I carry one of his fixed blades with me often. That's what he primarily makes, are fixed, fixed blade knives. If you go take what we call edged weapons training, Uh, A lot of the premier instructors anymore are teaching people, recommending to people that they carry a fixed blade knife. Why is that? Because you need it. You don't have to fumble with it. You don't have to open it up. You don't have to do anything other than than get it out of the sheath, and you're ready to go to business. Uh, And that's a big deal. And Rob makes some of the most beautiful knives. I have, I think, five, maybe six. Uh, Rob's Razors uh, is his company. But Rob came out here. He's actually delivering to me a knife that that I ordered from him, uh, and I'm all excited about it he's custom made for me but what he also did is he brought another knife and in in giving this to us what he wants to do is donate this to brownsburg blessing boxes uh and the proceeds we get as a result of this all right and rob first of all thanks so much for being here man oh my pleasure thank you so first of all tell us about this knife man this is absolutely beautiful tell us
3: about this it is a nitro v stainless steel blade um it's made for Conceal carry, Uh, it's got a G10 and rubber handle construction, it's called Altrex, very grippy, Uh, you don't have to worry about it coming out of your hand too easy. Uh, And it's stunningly beautiful by the way,
2: Uh, if I'd have known this was going to happen I would have posted pictures on social media. This is folks, easily a $250 knife, all right, it's fabulous, it's beautiful, it's very similar to the one I ordered from Rob, and uh, and mine's very similar blade.
3: It, exact same,
2: and a little bit different grip, right. uh, and I'm um, excited. But it also comes with a Kydex sheath. Get this, it's a $250 knife. First person walks up and says you want to give Brownsburg blessing boxes a hundred bucks, sure thing. First one up here says give me hundred bucks, and you've got this beautiful fixed blade knife. Uh, and we Point. hold on, wait, hold on. Point. All right, uh, you know what? i We had multiple people rush in. There you are, my brother. What's your name? T- Tony? Yes. Thank you, Tony. That is your knife. I tell you, don't give that to me because I'm. I have a. My wife will tell you. you give me a hundred dollars, it'll stay in my pocket. So find Bryce Curry, the owner. Give him that hundred bucks. And congratulations on a beautiful knife.
3: Oh, any knife I make is lifetime sharpening.
2: Yep. And so thanks so much to to, to Rob Sweringen for donating that. You just put hundred dollars worth of food in somebody's mouths, man. That's a big deal. And thank you. Glad to glad to help. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's get back into the discussion. Talk about how law-abiding citizens, exercising their rights, and a lot of people talk about rights. They say, well, it's my constitutional right. Sure it is. I'm a a constitutional rights attorney. That's what I do for a living. I've got the Second Amendment, just as a little reminder, right here on my right arm. So it is about the Constitution, but you know what the Second Amendment does? People say, well, the Second Amendment grants me the right to keep and bear arms. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, yeah, well, my my, my right's granted to me by the Constitution. That's exactly false. That is 100% false. You know what's why it's false? Because the Second Amendment simply recognizes and protects from infringement a right you were born with. It's a right you were born with. How can I say that? Well, you know, in the words of the founders in the Declaration of Independence, we have certain unalienable rights, right? Among these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What good is your life if you can't protect it? What good is your life, do you really have a right to life if anybody who's bigger, stronger than you, someone who, there's simply more of them than you, whoever it might be wants to deprive you of your right, your right to life, if you don't have the right to protect your life, did you ever have that right at all? Obviously, the answer to that question is no. You have a right that you were born with, which is that right to life. That means you have a right to protect it. What does that mean? It means you have a right to protect it with the use of force. What does that mean? That means with those arms available to us as citizens to do so. So the Second Amendment doesn't grant us any rights. Because by the way, what's the wording in the Second Amendment? It says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Why does it say the right? They're not saying we're hereby creating a right, they're simply saying the right you already have shall not be infringed. That's a huge difference. And, and, and to suggest that the Second Amendment grants us a right is to suggest that the government gives us that right and if the government didn't give us that right, we wouldn't have it. That's exactly false, and our founders knew that. The founders knew, that. that's why they phrased the Second Amendment in the words that they did. The right, the pre-existing natural right you have to self-defense, therefore the right to keep and bear arms, simply shall not be infringed by the damn government. That's the point. So we have a Second Amendment right, and where those people are out there fighting for that Second Amendment right, preserving that Second Amendment right, why do we do it? Because we have heroes like Eli Dicken who really bring it all home and show us how we can save lives. But you know what? That's a big event. It's a high-profile event. It got national coverage. A lot of people who despise the fact that you have that natural and inalienable right to protect yourself. They tried to minimize it. They tried to say, well, first of all, I heard this a lot. He was illegally carrying in the mall. He was committing a crime, so we shouldn't be celebrating this. Is that true? Well, Simon Malls have a no-weapon policy. Was Eli violating the no-weapon policy? Well, I've never been in a Simon Mall where I didn't violate that policy. I'm not going to a damn Simon Mall without carrying my gun, I'll tell you that right now. ain't happening. But by violating their policy, am I committing a crime? Not in Indiana. In some states. In some states, if they put a particular sign up, even Texas. People talk about, oh, Texas is so pro-gun. If you put a particular sign up in the entrance to your business in Texas, no weapons allowed, and somebody violates that, they're committing a crime, they go to jail. We don't have that law in Indiana. I, for one, would fight that law tooth and nail, and we'd win. Ain't going to happen in Indiana. Not on, my, not on my watch. Not on the watch of a lot of other people here in Indiana. Okay? So we don't have that law in Indiana. So was Eli Dickin illegally carrying a gun in the, in, in the Greenwood Park Mall? Absolutely not. He was violating their policy. Just like if they had a no mask, no service policy, right? You walk in there, Hey, you don't have a mask on. You got to leave. You got to leave if they tell you to leave or else you're trespassing. Otherwise, he, he committed no crime. What was he doing? He was exercising his inherent right to defend himself, defend his girlfriend, his lovely girlfriend Shea was there with him, and that's, and that's exactly what he did, exercising that fundamental right. So when people, when people go down that road and we talk about a law-abiding citizen, we have the big profile events like Eli Dickens saving dozens and dozens of lives. That bad guy, that shooter, whose name I will never mention, He still had over 100 rounds of ammunition on his person when Eli ended that fight. You had a mall generally protected by unarmed security at closing time. How many dozens of people could that person have killed if Eli Dickin didn't step up? That's how I profile, that's a big deal. We honor that and it deserves that. But that's not all that the Second Amendment rights about. What is it also about? It's about the two, even Obama's EDC, consider this, President Obama's EDC, at Obama's request, commissioned a study. They put a study together and said, how many times a year do we have defensive gun uses? All right, we're talking about DGU's, defensive gun uses. How many times a year in the United States is a gun used to prevent a violent crime? You know what Obama's EDC said? Between half a million and three million times a year, a law-abiding citizen uses a gun to prevent a violent crime. How, how, how poignant is that? How important is that? That's what we have to keep in mind. That's what we're fighting for. These people. I'll talk more about pro- current gun control proposals and what we're doing to fight them. But when people are trying to strip you of your rights, saying people are dying because of the NRA, people are dying because of my group, the 2A Project. We talk about lives saved and we've got a lot more evidence and a lot more logic on our side of that argument than they do. We'll get more into that. Right now we're coming up we're a little past the quarter three quarter hour actually. We're taking a break. Again, this is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on ninety three WIBC. <laughs> Welcome back, I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We've got a really short segment, because as I tend to do, we went a little over. um, But we're here at Premier Arms, 3754 South Green Street. Tell you what, if you're in the NRA annual meeting, it closes at 6. That's less than 10 minutes away. You're coming back to the West Side. You don't got anything else. You don't have anything else to do. Come on out to Brownsburg. Join us at Premier Arms. We're having a great time. We've got food. We've got bourbon. We've got cigars. And we've got a lot of people who love their Second Amendment rights. We'd love to have you come join us. And we're raising money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. We're already raising a whole bunch of money with the help of Bryce Curry and the great folks here at Premier Arms. 3754 South Green Street. Come on out. Join the discussion, join the show, have a great time. I'd love to meet everybody that comes out. We've got a great crowd here now, and we'd love to see it grow here over the next hour. Right now, we're coming up on the top of the hour. We're taking another break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for hour number two, The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. (laughs) We are with a great crowd here at Premier Arms, 3754 South Green Street. We're raising money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. This is a food drive, essentially, to, to help feed uh, those families who really, really need the assistance. The driving force behind this, by the way, is uh, Bryce Curry, the owner of Premier Arms, and the, uh, the one and only Tony Katz, who's here. My to- gosh, the to- one and only. Tony puts this thing together along with Bryce. Uh, I was honored to be invited to come out and participate last year, uh, and I'm o- equally honored to be out here uh, right now. Tony's still here.
1: Of course he's, I'm still here. He's
2: sticking around. It's the only
1: place to be. Everybody in Indianapolis is here. They're leaving the NRA show. They're showing up here. They're calling and making donations. 317-858-3030. 317-858-3030. Making their donations to Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. And they're giving that $100 donation to get some incredible, incredible prize packages, including that World War II-themed custom-made AR-15, which is Unbelievable,
2: Unbelievably cool. I don't know how many thousands of dollars this thing's worth. $4 billion. Dollars. $4 billion. You heard it here. That's an official valuation. By the way, I will have you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't know this. If you listen to Tony's show, I'm, I'm a Tony Katz fan. I listen. Well, the, who isn't? I, I, well, a good point. I, I listen in the morning. I listen 12 to 3. Uh, but if you listen to Tony's show, Tony talks about the Second Amendment as much as I do. Tony talks a lot about gun rights, talks a lot about the ridiculous arguments out there uh, from those people who are trying to strip our rights from us. And I will have you know, I've been shooting with the o- one and only Tony Katz. Tony Katz and I have been to the gun range. We've shot. I was there when you bought your beautiful Sig 365. True story. Which is a fabulous gun. The same gun, by the way, that, uh, that I carry more days than not. Uh, fabulous gun. They have those here. At, at Premier, Premier Arms. Arms.
1: Oh, my gosh, they, they have everything. They do. Name it. Name the thing. Exactly. They've got it here, and they've got it at a better price. And if you don't get your firearms from Premier Arms, my God, I don't even want to know you. Then you're a putz. Oh, wow. Well, you have been listening to the show. Then you're a putz. You didn't know that Yiddish before I got here. Oh, get this. This I, is what I've brought to Indianapolis. I,
2: I am going to impress you with my Yiddish right oh. now. Oh. ready. You know, do you know one of the nicest compliments I've ever gotten from anyone in all of my adult life? I believe it was a year ago we were at this event. And as we we're leaving, you said, thanks for coming out. And you said, you're a mensch. You're a mensch. You're
1: a mensch. Mensch is a good thing. You want to be a mensch. And you don't want to be a putz. You want to be a mensch. You don't want to be a putz. You want to be a mensch. Put that and, on a T-shirt. And, and when Tony Katz calls you a
2: mensch, I, that's something to take home. That's, that's something I, that if, if ever I'm having a hard time
1: getting to sleep at night. I think Tony Katz called me a mensch. I, I think it's important to know at this time that I was talking to the guy behind you. <laughs> I just want to be perfectly clear Clear about that.
2: But, hey, first of all, let's do what we're really here to do and talk about raising some money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes uh, here with Premier Arms. We had a great eat, drink, smoke show immediately preceding the Gun Guy Show. And and as Tony mentioned, for 100 bucks, and you can do this over the phone, 317 uh, 858 3030 30, 30,
1: 3030 30, 8, 8,
2: 3178583030 Just like the rifle 3030 30, easy to remember um, but for a mere 100 bucks then you you are eligible to win, and this is worth going over again because this is really fabulous—a custom World War II themed AR by Cox Arms. And again, this is worth several thousand dollars. Beautiful gun. As soon as I got here, owner Bryce Curry took me back there, and wanted to show it off. It's fabulous. I'd be very very proud to have it uh, in my collection, uh, as well as Indy 500 qualification sweet tickets. Fucking sweet here. You know what sweet means? That means. You get the beverages. You get the deluxe food. You've got the premier viewing area, the the, the viewing spot in the entire racetrack, and that's donated, worth well over hundred bucks. Multiple, By the way, for everybody hundreds.
1: asking, he said talking sweet tickets. That's that. He said talking. Uh, so everybody just just calm down. Who's about to uh, about to uh, make that FCC complaint? <laughs> fair,
2: fair, fair enough. Uh, we got a taste of premier arms package with a Winchester Wildcat rifle, a Citizen's Watch. Again, I'm talking to a guy who wears a Citizen watch right here, a very, very nice watch, a Benchmade knife, big fan of Benchmades, a cigar pack put together by the, none, none other than Tony Katz. That's worth, again, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Offered. And a Jameson gift box. You like Irish whiskey? It's a whole assortment that Tony also put together that's fabulous. 100 bucks. You can do that in person here at Premier Arms. You can do it over the phone, 317-858-3030. A hundred bucks. And you know what? Even if you don't win a prize package, that's a hundred bucks going to feed needy families. That's why we're here. That's why we're out here. That's why we have a great crowd here. And we'd really appreciate that additional support.
1: Absolutely. And can't thank you guys enough for being here. People are still coming in, still taking uh, the the donations and people uh, heading out from that NRA show. And here you you were at the NRA show. I was your take. I was there yesterday. I was there. um, I was on the exhibit floor. I didn't have nearly as much time
2: as I wanted because it's 14 acres. As they advertise it, 14 acres of guns and gear. All the premier manufacturers are here. The, uh, the gear suppliers are here. You, you're looking for magazines. You're looking for other uh, optics. Anything you might want to go to a company, your, your firearm, it's all available. And it's a great event. And then I went to the leadership forum. Oh, yeah? And we got to hear from uh, former President Trump, who's running for president again, as most of us know, uh, with several other the presidential candidates. It was a lot of fun. I saw Kristi Noem
1: in, in person for the first time, Tony. She's impressive. She's uh, neat. When, when you say that you saw her in person and she's impressive, what exactly are you referring to? Well, uh, she is not
2: an unattractive lady, she I is will not. say that. She is not. But again, I saw her for the first time in person in Sturgis, South Dakota she rode through the motorcycle rally on a horse. With a cowboy hat waving the biggest American flag you've ever seen in your life. I could how can you not love a, a lady like that? I mean, but you she, can't.
1: as a governor, you know, South Dakota does well. As a governor, she has been uh, unafraid. She's taken certain hits on yes. certain subjects, but she has managed well, if we discuss it politically, to turn the corner on those things and still engage a very solid popularity in South Dakota and a very solid popularity nationwide.
2: Absolutely. And the only state in the country that didn't have any shutdowns during COVID. How cool is that?
1: Well, it, 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 they, they were right and and we should have had less shutdowns and we should have Calculated faster in in reopening. That that much is true. The argument that other states make is yes, but there are nine people who live in South Dakota, and so that's <laughs> I mean that's that's the argument they make. I find that argument to be uh, rather rather weak. Yeah. When you knew you were okay, but did not act upon it because you were afraid of what would happen to you if you did act upon it, that it, that is not leadership. That's the
2: point. Is that she stood up to the political pressure and said no, lockdowns are wrong, shutdowns are wrong. I'm standing up. I'm going to do the 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 right thing for the citizens of South Dakota. And you know what tells me? It tells me that she had no shutdowns whatsoever. That just tells me she listens to the Tony
1: Katz show. Well, so does all all the good people. I mean, all the good people do listen. But if once you say you actually are going to follow science, the expression of expressions over the last three years, you would not have had a shutdown either. Exactly right. But
2: we're talking about the NRA annual meeting and exhibits. A lot of people call it the convention, whatever. It's the NRA annual meeting and exhibits. Fabulous place. But the NRA, Tony, NRA's in town. Mm -hmm. I am a benefactor level life member of NRA which all that merely means is I've sent a whole bunch of money to NRA over the years, okay? And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere as an NRA member. But NRA, even among gun owners, gets some conflicting responses. They get some conflicting reviews. You're a gun owner. You're a huge Second Amendment advocate. Where are you on NRA right now?
1: I think that if we go back to when they were last here, 2019, and that was the explosion. That was the Ollie North explosion. That was the, wait a second, where is our money actually going? And what is it that we're actually getting done here? When the NRA was confronted with We actually expect the dollars that we're putting in, our hard-earned dollars, the dollars that we're, in many ways, sacrificing because we're believers that our rights matter, and we want a group working actively and aggressively to defend those rights. And you tell me that it's people like Wayne Lampierre wearing nicer suits than the two of us, and we wear some pretty nice suits. Yes. Um, That's enraging. And I don't think yet, if I were to engage a perception conversation, um, that... They've gotten over that yet. I don't think that anybody sees, I don't think people feel as confident in the NRA's ability to actually lobby the way they did years ago. Now, the, the overreaction response to the NRA, no matter what happens is is part of this, and it has in, indeed permeated. If we talk about Nashville and, and these six people who were murdered, your argument of the NRA did, well, the only thing we know for fact is the NRA did not. Yes. We know uh, that this, this murderer has absolutely no connection to the NRA, but you won't let us talk about the murderer because you won't share the things that you would have shared in any other situation because of, of narrative, as we often discuss. Uh, those things do have... Uh, like like leg kicks in an MMA fight, a mixed martial arts fight. It slowly does break you down. Um, but I I would like to see the NRA get much more aggressive, in proving their lobbying efforts to us, sharing what those are. And it's not doesn't just come from if you're a member and you get the email. It, it, It has to come from an organized campaign of here's what we're doing and here's how we're doing it and here's where we're successful and here's why we're successful and you are not in vain by donating to us, you are actually helping yourself and I think they've done a miserable job of that and I don't think they've turned the corner yet. On even understanding how they do a better job of it.
2: See, I agree with that a thousand percent. And, and, and I mean, that's a hard edged assessment. It, it, it is, but, but, but it's, it's completely legitimate and it echoes my feelings. Listen, make no mistake, we need a strong, powerful, well funded, efficient, aggressive NRA. We need that as gun owners. You know why? Because there are these huge groups with a lot of money all the Br- Bloomberg organizations, you got Moms Demand Action. You know, historically, I would show up in the Indiana Statehouse to argue for a pro-2A bill, like my 2A, uh, my, my self-defense immunity bill that, that I wrote, we got passed 2019. I'm in there testifying for this. It's me, it's the guy with state responsibility from NRA, and an entire conference room at a, at a committee hearing full of Moms Demand Action people with red T-shirts on, and they're loud, and they cheer, and they boo, and they make their voices heard. It makes a difference. NRA needs to step up and get the grassroots participation more than they do, but in the meantime, we need NRA. I, I absolutely believe it. Am I critical of NRA? Yes. Am I critical of their spending? Absolutely. Am I critical when they compromise, when I don't think they should? And and like Things like bump stocks. Look, I don't care about a bump stock. Bump stocks are stupid. You show up at my range, <laughs> you, 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 show up at my, you show up at one of my classes, I'm teaching a carbine class, you show up with a bump stock on your gun, I'm going to make fun of you. I will absolutely, every time. No, no question. You're trading rate of fire for accuracy that's dumb. At the same time, NRA actually asked the ATF to review whether or not they should be banned as machine guns, and the ATF jumped on that, and that's exactly where we ended up, through regulation, not going to Congress, regulation. I think, I think NRA made a mistake. That said, it's, I kind of think of NRA like a, a family member, an immediate family member that I love, that I support. At the same time, am I going to shut up and not voice my opinion or even be critical when they do things I don't like? And I think as members, participating members, we can do a lot better job of getting NRA to act like, be like... And, and
1: have the, the PR campaign like we need NRA to have. And some of those things that you're talking about don't happen when the people who are donors are louder about what it is that they expect. Yes. So it's the NRA doing a better job, and it's the people who donate doing a better job of letting the NRA know what they want. It's the same thing that is true with politicians. We discussed yes. this as the idea of the thermostat and the thermometer. There's a difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. A thermometer measures temperature, and a thermostat changes temperature. People are the therm- politicians are the thermometer all they're doing is reading us and then going along with that in varying degrees it's plato let me write the ballads of a nation i care not who makes the laws it's the idea that culture moves politics politics is downstream of culture it all applies it applied then it applies now human nature has not changed you got to be louder the nra has to be better at what they do and we have to demand better of the nra
2: yes and we do that better from the inside as members than we do from the outside looking in and merely being critical. That to me, that's why it's that beloved family member who screws up on occasion. All right, doesn't mean you it meant, doesn't mean you turn your back on them. Doesn't mean you walk away. It means you support them. You love them, but you, by God, you make your voice heard when they're not going the direction you want to. And and, and that's what we and we need an NRA. I'm, I'm, I wear my NRA benefactor life member pin regularly, and people say, Oh, NRA, you know, I have this problem. I have that problem. Look, we need them. And they, they serve an essential purpose. Because you know how much money's on the other side right now? The Bloomberg organization, and it's not just Bloomberg's, it, it, it's not Bloomberg's groups. You look at the Brady campaign, you look at the Gifford Center, you look at all these different groups that are out there fighting every single day to strip your rights away. You know what we have in, in front of us? No, they're not the only group. But they're the biggest, they're the most powerful. And a couple of the politicians, the the candidates yesterday made the same point, and I I absolutely believe this, which is the NRA's influence is seen as having waned to some degree at the national level. But what politicians still fear, if they don't fear the NRA as such as much as they once did, you know what they still fear? They still fear the five million people who are members of NRA and vote. They're they're afraid of those votes. They're afraid of the grassroots, the individuals who will show up in elections and vote. That's what we have. That's why they're, they're, they're as powerful as they are,
1: even though imperfect. The producer wants you to take a break. We're here at Premier Arms in Brownsburg. I'm Tony Katz. That, of course, is Guy Relford. I am a guest on the Gun Guy Show. I've never actually been invited to be a guest before. This is the first time ever. And you can make a donation, 317-858-3030, or come on down to Premier Arms. We are raising money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. You take us out. Beautiful.
2: We're going into the break. This is Guy Relford and Tony Katz on that. the Gun Guys Show on 93 WIBC. Gun Guys. <laughs> Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it, but make sure you join us live at wibc.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC, broadcasting live from Premier Arms. And love being here with a great crowd. You still got time. We have got another 35 minutes or so of live radio. We're raising money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes, and I want to thank—I don't know who it was—they uh, called in over the phone with a $1,000 donation for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. So uh, thank you, whoever that was. You're gonna—you just put a lot of food in a lot of mouths uh, that from families that really, really need it. You can still call and make a contribution. 317. 317- We'd love to get your donation over the phone. You can stop by here at 3754 South Green Street. We'd love to ha- meet you in person. I'm, it's been great. Every time we take a break, I'm shaking hands and meeting, posing for pictures. A picture with me is not all that impressive because I'm not much to look at. But it, it's been nice when people come up and introduce themselves, say they listen to the show, and that's been awesome. But the most important thing we're doing today is ra- raising money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. And thanks to everybody, including the, the yeah. Minch. Yes. The mench I will say, uh, who, uh, who called with $1,000. That is fabulous. We appreciate that a lot. Um, let's get back into a little bit about where we are uh, with NRA. You know, I, I really want to stress that when we turn our back on the gun rights organizations, the national ones, and again, I, I founded the 2A project to make sure we didn't lose any momentum. Uh, here in Indiana, we've had great success, but I really hope people get down to the NRA annual meeting and exhibits, check it out down there, support the organization because we need them. There are other positive, uh, positive uh, influences as well for 2A rights. We've got Gun Owners of America, they do a lot of good things. The Firearms Policy Coalition, they do great things. The Second Amendment Foundation, they, in particularly in the in the courtroom, have been doing great things. And we need all that support because there are an awful lot of people, well-funded people, well-funded organizations who are fighting very hard to strip our rights from us. And it did make me feel good, I will have you say. And again, was a lot of it pretty much a feel-good exercise? Yes. But hearing from all the different politicians, and again, the, the, the NRA leadership forum yesterday, um, it had uh, most of the people running for the Republican nomination for president. Uh, we heard uh, from them either live at the meeting or they sent video messages. Uh, and that was great. Rob Ron DeSantis sent us a video message as well. And Nikki Haley, I'm a big fan of Nikki Haley. I liked her when she was government of South uh, governor, I should say, of South Carolina. I liked her when she was ambassador to the United Nations. She's a true conservative, and I like her as a candidate. It's going to be interesting to see how that race goes. But we as voters and we as gun owners need to be very prudent, very active, very aggressive in making sure these candidates understand that their position, their willingness to fight for Second Amendment rights is a critical issue. We had a lot of other issues out there. Look, the economy, spending, uh, border security. We heard a lot about border security, as we should. The border, the southern border in the United States is in the worst shape it's ever been in. Two years after it was in some of the best shape it's ever been in. That's policy. That's how we're dealing with illegal immigrants. That's who we allow into the country, and whether we turn our back on the whole process of literally millions and millions of people streaming into this country. And the Democrats, make no mistake, they're doing it for a particular reason. Because they fully expect those people to come into the country illegally and then turn around and vote Democrat in the next election. That's the only reason they're doing it. They see that these people as being Democrat voters, that's why they want them in the country. When they, when they say, oh, well, we just believe in the melting pot of America, that's the farthest thing from the truth. What they believe in is staying in office and getting more Democrats in office and winning the next presidential election and keeping control of, 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 of the Senate where Republicans had every opportunity to take control of the Senate in the last uh, midterm elections and they simply failed. That's why we as voters need to be vocal and aggressive. we're here at the bottom of the hour. We're here at Premier Arms, 3754 South Green Street. It's a beautiful facility. It's a great place to stop by and shop for firearms. Not just firearms, PA Jewelers. Uh, Jewelers is here in the facility. Uh, Tony, again, has bought several watches uh, and other beautiful items. They're heirloom items. Uh, And you go through, you look at the selection. I just bought a beautiful cigar lighter, only because I wasn't smart enough to bring one of my 87 cigar lighters when I came out here today. Um, So I just picked up a very nice... uh, uh, cigar lighter—they've got a whole lot uh, to be uh, to to admire and to purchase out here. Stop by and support them, and most of all, we want to support Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. For a mere hundred bucks, you have the ability to win potentially one of several really awesome prize packages. They're all worth hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands. I guarantee you, the World War II themed AR-15. Guarantee you. That, that rifles easily worth three or four thousand dollars that's a big deal and for a hundred bucks you've got a shot at taking that home that was a fun part of doing this last year is watching those people with big old smiles walking out of here thinking they had the opportunity uh, to, to take home a once in a lifetime firearm uh, for a mere hundred dollar contribution and also knowing their contributions going to feeding hungry families that's huge but right now we're a little past the bottom of the hour we're taking another break so this is guy Rilford and Tony Katz on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. back to a combined Eat, Drink, Smoke and The Gun Guy show. We're out at Premier Arms. We've got a great crowd out here. We're excited to be here and we're raising a lot of money for a good cause. Uh, in the meantime, we are very pleased to have joined the show, the Attorney General of the State of Indiana and a real friend of the Second Amendment. And and that's not because he says the right things, it's because he does the right things in the courtroom and otherwise. Uh, and so I, I consider him a great supporter of gun rights uh, and, in fact, someone who's out Affirmatively fighting for gun rights in Indiana, and that's uh, the Attorney General of the State of Indiana, Todd Rokita. So, Mr. Attorney General, uh, thanks so much for joining us here on a remote broadcast to the Gun Guy Show.
0: Hey, Guy, great to be with you, and you're broadcasting from uh, our new hometown. I'm I'm originally from northwest Indiana, but as I serve at the State House, we have made... uh, Burke, uh, our home, so it's great that you're at Premier Arms, and and combined with uh, with the cat show, eat, drink, and smoke. Uh, of course, the drinking comes after the guns. So. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. We've got strict rules on that, so I couldn't yeah. agree more. But listen, I, I was proud to see and and glad to see that that you uh, your office joined a lawsuit to fight the ATF and the and the Biden administration over this ridiculous. Uh, pistol stabilizer brace rule. And, and if anybody follows the Gun Guy show, and I'm sure the crowd out here at Premier Arms understands the issue, they're really trying to to make illegal or force registration on millions and millions of firearms that ATF has specifically said are pistols and don't need to be registered under the National Firearms Act. And now suddenly they're saying, okay, well, we told you one thing for ten full years, uh, told you specifically that these were legal and didn't need to be registered. Well, now we changed our minds and you need to, regist- need to register them or you're going to be a felon looking at 10 years in federal prison and uh, the the attorney general's office your office has stood up with several other states and said oh hell no this is arbitrary it's capricious it's contrary to law Uh, it violates the administrative procedures act and uh, we're in fact going to fight you on this Um, and first of all thank you for filing that lawsuit first and foremost but then secondly where does that stand today
0: Yeah, thanks, Guy. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That was a great description of it. And one of those like states, like-minded states uh, uh, that has a constituency of taxpayers and voters that are similar to Indiana is North Dakota. And so Mm -hmm. – and and better than Indiana, they have a federal judiciary that is – has shown over time to understand uh, the proper uh, role, limited – subservient role of government as to the Second Amendment, and they understand the NFA, uh, the National Firearms Act that you mentioned earlier, real well. So we filed there in North Dakota, mm-hmm. and it ended up being about 26 states or so that that, that joined together in this, uh, because um, a, as the Firearms Act makes very clear, they the legislators at that time, this is back in the 1930s or so, mm-hmm. uh, the congressman said, we are going to regulate the firearm as a whole. Now, clearly, uh, the brace, the pistol brace, is an accessory. So it really, in our view, falls outside, uh, in many respects, the act itself. But even so, if you're going to try to change definitions or include what could be up to forty million pieces, mm-hmm. forty million firearms in the in the uh, in the nation that have this accessory, this this pistol brace, uh, then you really need to be a lawmaker. You really have to be elected directly by the people and sitting in Congress in order to debate that and have that discussion. You're not you're not supposed to be an unelected bureaucrat that sits at the ATF mm-hmm. and dreams up these ways. To uh, basically do a gun grab, because that's what, in my view, that's what this leads to. When exactly. you're when you're, fin- you're fingerprinting owners, when you're making them pay a tax, two hundred dollars, basically making them gun manufacturers themselves. When you're then registering the firearm, that's that's the data you need to eventually do a gun grab. So we filed there, and 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 in North Dakota, we have sought a preliminary injunction to stop the ATF from implementing its rule, including this registry, uh, these registries. Um, and we are waiting to see if they're going to ask for a hearing, if the court's going to ask for a hearing. Um, it, the North Dakota bench, that those federal judges sometimes, many times rule. Guy, you know this, Mm -hmm. without a hearing. Um, You don't have to have a hearing. And um, so we're either going to get a ruling on a preliminary injunction, we're either going to win or lose this ability uh, to stop the ATF from further implementing the law, or we're going to have a hearing about it, and then they're going to do a ruling. Uh, Why is timing important, Guy? Because, as you know, the end of May, uh, if we don't get that preliminary injunction, uh, then – You have to either start registering or remove the accessory, remove the pistol brace, or uh, engage in civil disobedience.
2: Yeah, yeah, or put a longer barrel on it. That's exactly right, and that's the end of May, exactly as you said. Now, one thing that that there's a lot of confusion on generally out there, and that is— uh, jurisdiction, and, and what can a court in North Dakota do with respect to, say, someone who owns a pistol brace or has a pistol brace uh, on their AR-style rifle, uh, or, or, or pistol, <laughs> I should be saying, uh, or a, an AK-style pistol, what, what can they do relative to Indiana? In other words, can, will a preliminary injunction issued by a court in North Dakota extend across the country, or will that be limited to people in North Dakota, or in the in that particular district, I should say, in, in, in North Dakota?
0: Well, I'm, like many other cases, uh, once uh, and again, we're, we're hopeful we briefed it well, uh, we redid our homework, we, we, we researched, and if we get a chance to argue at an at a oral hearing, then we'll do that. Uh, but we're looking forward to that preliminary injunction uh, being uh, ordered. And yeah, I mean, te- we're getting into the bowels of the law, but technically, yeah. uh, maybe that just applies to the state. There's only one district in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, but in effect, especially since it's a federal judge, federal law, um, the, the the practical effect of a ruling like that would be nationwide. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, and then that, that starts at least influencing other judges who may be uh, hearing other cases. Ultimately, y- what we'd like to see, obviously, uh, is the Supreme Court take it up and issue a ruling uh, across the board. But I've cautioned people, which is, look, this is the right fight. It's a good fight. I'm extremely glad and proud Indiana's in the middle of it. <clears throat> but as far as timing goes, um, we shouldn't be necessarily too optimistic because of jurisdictional issues, and and, and and we're really relying on many courts ruling the same way, and ultimately SCOTUS giving a, a nationwide ruling. And I don't think that's too pessimistic. Uh, but the other thing is, we could get a positive ruling, and ATF could decide, hey, wait, this court's probably right, and abandon the thing because they just got their butt kicked in North Dakota.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely going to be persuasive. Other judges are going to look at it. other cases. Are going to look at it. And my understanding, I could be wrong. You correct me, correct guy. But I believe all the states, as states, are in this one that are going to be in this one. Gotcha. Uh, that you know that are going to be trying to get the preliminary injunction. Um I don't see the ATF suing as plaintiffs, so they're just going to do the rule so that means the other states that are not like minded that are that are real liberal real democrat you know socialist however you want to describe it I don't think they have a place to go yet really Oh yeah uh maybe, no, no. maybe just the other side of our case um so I think that, you know this is the this is the biggest game in town quote unquote that I know of so um And, you know, this this is driven mostly by private companies who are losing business. We have argued, okay, what's you can't just, as you know, you can't just go to court and and throw a fit. You have to go to court with real damages. You have to have standing. You have to have a reason to be there, and it can't just be theoretical, which is one of the arguments we're arguing, by the way, in in Holcomb v. Bray, uh, another non-gun case. But, you know, uh, what we are arguing here as states is that we're losing tax revenue. Mm -hmm. Now, that is traditionally, quite honestly, not the strongest argument for standing. Courts have rejected that. So far, this one has not. Uh, But we are losing revenue. We have manufacturers right here in the state of Indiana. I'm thinking Fostech is one. Uh, They are down there in Seymour that um, I I own one of their pistols, and it has uh, a pistol brace on it. And, you know, this would hurt their revenue. So, and it would hurt this, therefore, hurt the state's tax revenue. So, we got companies losing business. We got states losing tax revenue off that bit lost business. And uh, that got us into court in North Dakota. So, we will see how it goes.
2: Well, absolutely. But, uh, and listen, I'm obviously going to be following this closely and, and being in close contact with your office. And I'll be reporting uh, in real time as we get developments in that case. But hey, we've only got a couple of minutes. And let's shift gears. The uh, NRA annual meeting is in town. I've already spent a lot of time there. I uh, have many, many friends and leadership. We now have three members of the board of directors of the NRA who are from Indiana, who live in Indiana, nice. including my 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 friend Charlie Hiltunen, uh, who's president of the yeah. of the Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association, and Senator Jim Tom's, who's a huge uh, advocate for Second Amendment, has done an awful lot for us in the General Assembly. But in a in a minute or two, uh, Mister Attorney General, what, what what does the NRA uh, meeting meeting here being here mean to you and and what are you seeing?
0: Well, you know, I love that they're coming here. I think Indiana is going to give them a great welcome. Uh, we always do. Uh, I think uh, what the NRA is for is, uh, you know, the responsibility, the freedoms, the God-giving nature of the Second Amendment to defend yourself and your family from from all all things, everyone, including your government. I mean, that's what the Second Amendment's about. And Hoosiers who love this country, who love their state, who understand how unique and exceptional this country is relative to world history, would welcome an organization like the NRA, and they do. I was in southern Indiana just yesterday, and we were talking about talking to the Liberty Bells, a women's gun group uh, out of Clark County. Uh, and, and so you just see almost like, uh, in, in, like Indiana, uh, Indianapolis 500 fashion, the excitement building. I'm speaking Friday morning. I'll be several hours removed from Donald Trump, unfortunately. But uh, they, they were nice enough to give me a slot to talk about this case and some of the other things that we're doing. You got the kind of exclusive on it first guy. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I support them. And for the haters out there that think that the NRA buys off politicians and voters or whatever they think the situation is, I can't recall when the NRA – wrote me a campaign check i just think <laughs> i i just think it's a it's my duty to support them and the second amendment i'm glad to do it well awesome
2: well listen uh, todd rukita attorney general state of indiana thanks so much for joining us here on a combined tony katz uh, eat drink smoke show and a gun guy show out at premier arms thanks so much for joining us thanks for fighting the good fight and we'll remain in close contact with you thanks for what you're doing for who's your gun owners
0: And thanks for raising that money. Great cause. Thanks.
2: Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for this segment. We'll be right back. Tony Katz and Guy Relford out here at Premier Arms on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And we're back for the last segment of a combined Tony Cassie Drink Smoke Show and the Gun Guy Show. We're at Premier Arms, 3754 South Green Street. Beautiful facility, great gun shop, beautiful uh, jewelry store. Uh, PA Jewelers right in the middle of a fabulous gun store. One of the leading uh, firearms dealers here in Indiana of both new and used firearms. That's one thing that owner Bryce Curry talks about a lot, is they bring in some amazing firearms from a state. Other collections, uh, things that people just want to monetize and bring them in, and they're right here for sale, and it's a fabulous collection. They got some neat, neat firearms, and that's coming from a guy uh, who uh, handles firearms and teaches firearms for a living. But in the meantime, we're here with uh, owner Bryce Curry of Premier Arms for Sale. Bryce, thanks so much, man, for doing this again out
3: here. No, I appreciate. It. Thank you. Thank Tony. Thank Fingers. Thank everybody.
2: Absolutely, and we're raising a whole bunch of money uh, for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. And first of all, Bryce, what, what made you want to have this event and now two years in a row
3: and raise money for that particular cause it's a great local charity uh it gives back to the local community It gives back to community that supports my business every day and it's a way a small way we can help
2: well you say small way man i'm looking at these prize packages and uh you donated a custom world war ii themed ar by cox arms and when we were talking about this gun you showed me this gun right when i got here that's an expensive firearm. That is a collector's item, and you donated that uh, as one of the prize packages. Tell us about that gun. Tell us about how people can still potentially win that here just in the next few minutes.
3: Well, it's Cox Arms, uh, USA, out of uh, Arizona, great manufacturer to work with, uh, custom builder. He builds everything himself, finishes everything himself. We gave him the idea of, let's do a World War II-themed AR-15, and he hit it out of the park. I want to do something neat. neat. I want to do something unique, something that people will be proud to own, and it truly is a one-off. He will never build that model again. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, people have just a few minutes, but you can still call with a $100 donation. Give us a call here at Premier Arms 317-858-3030. That's 317-858-3030. Look, the worst that can happen is you're giving 100 bucks to a really great cause. That's the reason we're all here. And the best that can happen is you can win not just potentially that firearm, uh, but you got a shot at three other amazing and and Pricey, frankly very valuable prize packages as well that's fabulous how we doing we're, we're kind of wrapping things up here a little bit in terms of the
3: broadcast but how we doing for raising money for brownsburg blessing as boxes as, as far as i can tell we're waiting on final numbers but it looks like we beat last year's No way. You were thrilled with last year. Yes. It looks like we're going to beat it.
2: Well, thanks to the people that are here, people that drove out uh, here to Brownsburg. Um, It's an easy drive, man, from Indy. Uh, Come out here. Tell us a little bit about Premier Arms, what your hours are. uh, What do people find when they come out here?
3: Sure. Premier Arms, we're here uh, Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 10 to 5, about 1,700 new and used firearms under under roof. Happy to help you out. And a big thank you to my staff for doing this and especially my customers for supporting us.
2: Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, that wraps up this combined Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Gun Guy show. Thanks for everybody who's here. Thanks for everybody who listened. This is Guy Rolfer for the Gun Guy show on 93 WIBC.